What is up? Welcome back. Week two of Oasis Church. I can't believe it. I was talking with somebody today and I said, when we launch, I'm like, wait, I haven't said we've, we launched. Like we are, a, we are church, officially church planters. The church is officially launched. Isn't that exciting? Yes, I love it. I'm going to have to like, it's like when you're engaged and you have to say fiance for the first time. It's weird, right? Uh, but I'm super proud. Thank you. Man, last week was amazing, and uh, all of you that shared on Facebook, that commented and sent us text messages or edible arrangements we got in the mail, uh, I mean, nobody complains about that. It's awesome. But thank you, and we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. And uh, actually, one way that you could actually help us right now, it's not going to cost you anything, is to share this video. If you're watching, click the share button, because you know people that I don't know and that we don't know, and they might need to hear this today, all right? So hit that share button, help us out a little bit. Comment, tell us where you're watching from again. We love to hear from you. But we're gonna continue our series called Made for More. Last week, we talked about a guy named Moses. Y'all say Moses? Moses was a great dude, awesome dude in the Bible, did a lot of really great things. But we talked about this one moment he had, right? He came to the burning bush. You may have heard this story before. Uh, but in, in order for him to step into the more that God had, he had to fight three battles. He had to fight his insecurities. He had to fight his fear. And he had to fight his inadequacy. But once he said yes and took that step, God changed everything. And when you take your next step, God can change everything. But we're going to talk about that again. We're going to talk about how you were made for more. I believe that with my whole heart, that God has more in store for you. He has more in store, I believe, for your business. He has more in store for your marriage. He has more in store uh, for your kids. He has more in store for you. And so tonight, we're going to talk about uh, some people called the Israelites. Y'all say Israelites with me. Israel, here we go. Israelites, they were kind of the main character of the Old Testament. You see, they, uh, they were what the, the Old Testament kind of centered around. The whole stories about them, about how they started, and about how Jesus came through them, right? And so if you start at the very beginning of their story, it started with a guy named Abraham. Y'all know the song, Father Abraham, right? He had many sons, right? That's that whole thing. Uh, that's because God chose Abraham to be the father of this nation. He was like patient zero, right, of, of the nation of Israel. And so God told him, I'm going to do two things with your descendants. He said this, that, I will, uh, I, that there'll be God's chosen people and that the whole world would be blessed through his descendants. So he looks at Abraham and says, hey, your kids and their kids and their kids and their kids, they're going to be my people. And I'm going to bless the entire world through them. And so fast forward a little bit, uh, and not soon after that, the, all of a sudden the people of Israel, they're in trouble, right? And if you're, if you're familiar with them, they get in trouble a lot. They're really dumb. Um, they made a lot of stupid mistakes, just like we do all the time, right? And not soon after their nation starts, they're in trouble. And uh, here's what the Bible says. It says this in Exodus chapter 1. If you have your Bible, join us. If not, it'll be right here. All right, here it is. Exodus chapter 1, verse 6. In time, Joseph, who was one of the Israelites, he has a crazy story. We're doing a sermon series on him at some point. It's awesome. Um, in time, Joseph and all of his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, the main characters, right? 
had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and they filled the land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. And he said to the people, he said, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and they're now stronger than we are. And we must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. And if we don't, and if a war breaks out, they will join our enemies and they'll fight against us and they will escape from our country. See, this next verse tells us the whole story. Pharaoh did not want them to leave because of this. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. Pharaoh needed some people to do that. Who built the pyramids? Come on. It was the Israelites, right? I actually don't know if that's factual, but <laughs> it makes sense. He had, to, he had to do something with them, right? And so they appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. That sounds miserable. I'm just going to be honest. They forced them to build the cities of Python and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all of the work in the fields, and they were ruthless in all their demands. Now, I don't know about you. I've never been to Egypt. Maybe you've been to Egypt, but I think Egypt might be hot. You know what I'm saying? It's on the edge of a desert. It's hot. It's sandy. And these Egyptians, they made the Israelites make bricks. Sounds terrible. Not only that, made them work in all of the fields. Like the Egyptians didn't touch the fields. The people of Israel touched the fields. They were, they were driving them as slaves. They would beat them. They would work them harder and harder and harder. Now, a couple minutes ago, I told you that the people of Israel, they were two things. They were God's chosen people, and they were supposed to be a blessing to the entire world. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like they're being much of a blessing to anybody, right? They're enslaved. They're in bondage. And they're not living out the calling that God had put on their lives. They're not living out the purpose that God had for them. Now, here's what I know. I know that you were created with a purpose. I know that you were created with a calling. But I also know that a lot of people watching this, you're in bondage. You're enslaved to something. And you're not living out your God-given calling, your God-given purpose, because you have something holding you back right now. So tonight, we're actually going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how you can strip off the chains that are holding you down. You can step out of slavery and into freedom so that you can live out the calling God has for you, so that you can step into the more that God has for you. Because we know that's true. We know that God has something for you. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He says, But you are God's chosen treasure. You're God's chosen treasure. You're priests who are kings, a spiritual nation. You're set apart as God's devoted one. You're set apart. Really quick, what that, that, that verse is giving us the picture of is this. Is, uh, how many, do we have any people that run in here? There might be none. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're starting a new initiative. We're going to start running, all right? 
Are there any runners watching? Comment, please. Uh, man. Uh, so there, there are a lot. There's a lot of runners happening right now uh, that are watching. There's probably some walkers. My father-in-law was in the last one. Uh, he's the big walker, right? Uh, and there's chances are if you are a runner or you've been a runner in the past, you have, you have a pair of shoes that are specifically designed for running. You don't go to the store in those shoes. You don't go uh, play soccer in those shoes. You don't go to school in those shoes. You don't go to work in those shoes. You run in those shoes or you walk in those shoes, right? And some of you, this is the South. Here's the deal. How many of your grandparents have like fine china or something like that in their house, right? Some of you, your grandparents, you go over for Thanksgiving or Christmas and you roll your eyes because you have this really dumb looking flower plate that you can't break or touch, but you got to put food on it somehow. And you got the fine china, the, the silverware, all that kind of stuff, right? Those things, those shoes, that fine china, that's set apart for a purpose, right? It's set apart for something special. God has set you apart for a purpose. He set you apart for something special. He's given you something special to do. He has set you apart. And you're set apart as God's devoted ones. He's called you out of darkness to experience His marvelous, marvelous light. That's what this verse says. And now He claims you as His very own. He did this so that you would broadcast His glorious wonders throughout the entire world. For at one time... You were not God's people. Man, do you remember that time? You weren't God's person. But now you are. At one time, you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet. But now you're drenched with it. Listen, you are special to God. You've been set apart. He has big plans for you. He has a purpose for you. But here's what I know. If you're still dealing with your yesterdays, you cannot step into the future that God has for you. Mm-hmm. You have to get out of bondage. You have to find some freedom before you can do that. So tonight, we're going to talk about what that looks like and how you're going to do that. And uh, so first thing we're going to talk about is this. Y'all write this down if you're taking notes. If you're on the phone, y'all listen to this. First thing you got to do is this. You have to team up. Y'all say team up. You got to team up. Now, one thing, spoiler alert, Moses, he goes and he crushes Pharaoh. The 10 plagues come. All this stuff happens. All of a sudden, the people of Israel, they're set free for the first time in hundreds of years. Now, here's what did not happen. They didn't just go, well, George, it's been nice knowing you for the last 400 years. I'm going to go over here and go do my own thing, right? No. They didn't do that. What they did is they all got together and they left together, right? They teamed up with each other. They said, hey, you don't have room to pack that tent in your bag. I got some room in my bag. Put it in there. You know, hey, your kid needs a donkey to ride on to get out here. He can use our, we have an extra one, right? They teamed up. They worked together. They got out of slavery together. They didn't all go alone. They didn't all go their separate ways. They went together. They teamed up with each other. They got out of slavery together. Now, I heard this a couple years ago. Uh, this is a mind grenade, okay? I'm just going to prepare you now. Your mind's about to be blown, okay? Uh, back in the day, they didn't have tractors, right? Like farmers, if you were a farmer, you didn't, have tra- you didn't have a tractor. You had a horse, most likely. Most likely, you had a couple horses. And did you know that one draft horse, this is crazy, one draft horse can pull 18, I'm sorry, not 18, one draft horse can pull 
8,000 pounds. That's crazy. One horse. All right, that's like three cars, okay? Uh, average car weighs like 2,800 pounds. It can pull about three cars. Two draft horses. How much do you think that they can pull? 16. No, sir. I'm about to, this is the mind grenade. You ready for this? <laughs> Two draft horses, if you get them together to pull something, they can pull 24,000 pounds. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Here comes another one. Y'all aren't ready for this either. If you teach those two horses to walk in tandem and walk together at the same time, they can pull 32,000 pounds. Isn't that crazy? I thought I was going to hear a gasp on that. Y'all better be gasping on the other side of this. 32,000 pounds, two horses. One of them can pull eight. Here's the principle we need to learn. You can do much more when you're working with somebody else. Now listen, some of you are trying to do this on your own. You're trying to do life on your own. You're trying to get out of your bondage alone and it will never work. And you might be impressive. You might be talented. You might be an amazing singer. You might be a great businessman. You might be a really smart student, right? But on your own, you can't be nearly as good as when you team up with somebody. And not only somebody, but someone that can walk step and step in tandem with you. And I promise you that some of you, you're trying to do this on your own. And let me tell you, it's never going to work. You'll never get out of bondage on your own. You weren't designed to do it. God designed you to get out of bondage with other people. That's where freedom is. That's where you find freedom. And here, we have a perfect opportunity for you to put this into practice literally right now. I want you to join a group, if that's you. If you're trying to do this on your own, and you're trying to get out of bondage on your own, man, we have something called life groups here at this church. And they aren't only designed for you to grow deeper in the Word or get closer to God. They're designed so that you can get closer with somebody else, so you're not doing life alone. So that when tragedy strikes in your life, you're not walking through that alone. So that when something's going on in your life, someone else knows about it. And so that you can do life alone. Because we know you're going to go further when you do it with other people. You have to team up. You weren't meant to do this alone. you got to team up. The second thing is this. you got to speak up. Y'all say speak up. Speak up. Come on, say it louder. Speak, speak up. up. There we go. Speak up. Now, uh, if you knew me in high school, if you're watching this somehow... Uh, you know that I loved my Algebra 2 teacher, Miss Blakenship. Come on. <laughs> Love that lady. I had her freshman year, and then I did geometry my sophomore year. My junior year, I had her for Algebra 2 twice. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I had her twice. And it's because I failed Algebra 2 the first time. And uh, I love Miss Blakenship. She has left us now. I'm, I was super sad to hear that out. But, uh, but I loved having her as a teacher. She was great. She was great at her job. But you know what? I was really bad at math. And guess who didn't know that I was bad at math? Nobody else knew I was bad at math because I didn't speak up. I never asked for help. We actually did one test one time. We learned how to do these, I don't even know what they were, super hard math problems, right? And uh, we got a test one time, and it had four questions on it, four. And so I was actually pretty confident in this. And I was like, it's four. I can, I can do this, right? And uh, I remember I get the test. I get done with the test first, by the way. Uh, <laughs> never a good sign. If you're the first one to get done with the test, you've not done well. But, man, I was strutting up to that desk. I was like, Miss Blakenship, I did it, right? And I handed it to her, get the test back the next day. 
Got a zero. Got it. Didn't even get one right. I got no credit for work. Nothing. Got a zero. I was really, I was really bad at math. And uh, here's the deal. I also never spoke up. I never said, hey, can you say that again? I missed that, right? Some of you are struggling with stuff. You're bad at some area in your life. Uh, you're struggling with an addiction. Uh, you're struggling with uh, depression, anxiety. And that's real stuff. That's hard. You're carrying this stuff around. But guess what? Nobody knows about it. I know that's hard. But you have to speak up. You can't be the only one that knows what's going on with you. You have to speak up. And I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking that, Clint, if I said something about this, they're going to judge me. Or they're going to look at me differently. Or I'm going to... Uh, lose some influence with these people or my wife's going to be really upset if I tell her this. Uh, Whatever it is, you have these things going on in your head and I know that's scary. But let me tell you what's going to happen 90% of the time when you speak up and you share something for the first time. They're going to look back at you and they're not going to chew you out. They're not going to yell at you. They're going to look back at you and they're going to go, me too. That's right. Because you're not alone. Because God didn't design you to be alone. You're not the only one struggling with anxiety. You're not the only one struggling with anger. You're not the only one that's in a tough marriage right now. You're not the only one that feels alone. And if you spoke up, you would learn that. So please, don't be the only one that knows what's going on in your life. Team up with some people. Team up with some people that are going the same direction as you. Here's the deal. You're an average of the five people around you. Some of you are teamed up, but you're just teamed up with the wrong people. Team up with the right people, and then speak up to those people. And I promise you, you can leave the bondage that you're in, and you can start to walk in freedom when you do those two things. But there's one more thing that you can do tonight. So you're going to team up. You're going to speak up. And the last thing is this is break up. Y'all say break up. Break up. Now, I did some fun stuff on Instagram this week, and if you're not following me, <laughs> at Clint Lamberth. All right, we'd love to have you over there. Um, shout out. I'm all really on Instagram and Facebook, but don't Facebook me. That's, that's become of land. I'm, I'm about to leave forever, right? It's Facebook, but Instagram's still fun. But I asked the people on Instagram this week, hey, tell me your, your best breakup story or your best breakup line. I got some gold, guys. And I'm going to share it with you right now. It's going to be fun. All right, here we go. First one is from an anonymous female. All right. Here's what she said. I asked someone to prom, and instead of him telling me no, he told my dad, and my dad told me no. What? Oh, I know. I cannot believe it. Not only did she get rejected from prom. Some of you have been rejected to prom. I'm so sorry if that's you. But none of y'all have been rejected by your dad to go to prom. I mean, that's a whole nother level right there. Okay, we have an anonymous man. This is a good friend of mine. I'm going to send this to him, and I cannot wait for him to see this. Is it's amazing. He says this, I was on a school bus. She was sitting behind me, sent me a text saying, we broke up. Listen, eighth grade is tough. Let me just tell you, person, you know who you are? She was sitting, she wasn't even sitting with you on the bus, man. That was the first red flag right there. You had to, she was sitting behind you. All right. 
This is from an anonymous man, a good friend of mine here. And uh, if, you don't, if you're not from Nashville, uh, down by the Grand Ole Opry, there's something called the General Jackson Showboat Cruise. Super fun. It's probably not going on right now, but uh, here's what happened to him. He said, the breakup started at the beginning of the General Jackson Showboat Cruise. Oh, then I was stuck on the boat with her for three hours. <laughs> Not only did that happen, because I was kind of sharing these uh, uh, anonymously on Instagram, another friend of mine messaged me and says, the same exact thing happened to me. So, do not go on a date to the General Jackson cruise boat. You will break up and spend the next three hours in misery. All right, that's what we learned. All right, from another anonymous woman here, my boyfriend rushed frat junior year and brought his brothers for moral support to break up with me. Spineless right there. I cannot believe that. Uh, all right, here's from another woman. This one's good. This one got me. Uh, he gave me roses and a card on Valentine's Day, and the card said, I just want to be friends. <laughs> Honestly, break it off on the 13th, buddy. <laughs> like, it would have saved him a few bucks, you know what I'm saying? All right, last one. This is the best one. This is terrible. I'm just going to prepare you right now. This is bad. <laughs> This is from an anonymous man. You know who you are. And I, I hope I don't know who this woman is. This is terrible. <laughs> I was in high school. My fake tooth fell out into her mouth while we were kissing. <laughs> and he just said, we never talked again. I, I don't know how you go from retrieving your tooth and not speaking and then leaving and never talking to this person again. I can't believe it. All right, here's the deal. Breakups are messy. They're not fun sometimes, right? Uh, I've got to confess, I've never broken up with anybody. I'm proud to say that, but I have been broken up with a couple of times from my now wife. My beautiful wife, Stephanie, has <laughs> broken my heart three times. Twice. Two times. Twice. Thank not you. three. Sorry. Who was in high school? We're high school sweethearts. Uh, but I've never actually broken up with. I've been, I've been broken up to. Did that say that right? I don't think I did. Y'all know what I'm saying. All right. Um, I've never actually been broken. I've never had to have that talk with somebody, but I do know it's awkward sometimes. It's hard every time, right? Like nobody likes to be broken up with. Um, it's never fun. But sometimes it's necessary. Like my man that had a tooth fall out, right? Like you cannot continue on in this relationship after that. But in all seriousness, some of you are attached to things that is hurting you, you're attached to things that have been hurting you for maybe decades. It might be shame. It might be an addiction that no one knows about. Only, only you. It's been hurting you for a really, really long time. Some of you, you're carrying around unforgiveness towards somebody. And unforgiveness just eats away at your soul. But you're attached to it. Some of you might be attached to a relationship that you need to break off. And uh, a toxic relationship, and you might be dating somebody right now. And that person is dragging you down. They don't lift you up. They're using you. And it's time to end it. You know, and some of you need to break up with those things. It's time. It's time to end it. It's time to end that addiction. It's time to end that shame that's been holding you so tightly for so many years. It's time to end that unforgiveness and forgive this person and move on. It's time 
to end it. Because you can team up and you can speak up, but if you don't break up, the other two don't matter. You have to break up with some things in your life, and I think you can do that right now. Here's the Bible. The Bible says this. It says, Therefore, since we've been surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the one that perfects our faith. Here's the deal. You got some things, it's holding you down. It's time to break up with those tonight. It's time, all right? You've been looking for a sign. If this happens, I promise I'll stop. This is your sign, all right? It's time to have the talk. It's time to break up. No matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult it is, tonight's the night. It's time. It's time to end it. And move on. Because here's what I know. You're never going to step into your potential. You're never going to step into your purpose. You're never going to step fully into your calling until you're out of bondage. And you got to break up with it. It's hard. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take a long time. But guess what? It's worth it. God has so much more for you. And if you're tied down to these things, you'll never step into it. The Egyptian, or I'm sorry, the Israelites could never be a blessing to the world if they hadn't stepped into freedom. It's time for you to step into freedom tonight. It's time for you to step into freedom tonight. And some of you, I know it, you're looking at this screen, you're watching this right now, and you think, you have no clue what I've done. You have no clue the destruction I've caused. You have no clue what's been done to me, Clint. You have no idea what I've gone through. It's so easy for you to stand up here and tell me to do all these things, but you don't know how hard it is in my life. Well, let me tell you something I do know. God loves you right now, where you are in the condition you're in. He loves you. And here's what the Bible says. He says, the Bible says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or we struggle with some things, right? Or we're persecuted or we're hungry or we're destitute or in danger or threatened with death. Does that mean God doesn't love us? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus. Some translations say you are more than a conqueror. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling with right now, overwhelming victory is yours. That means when you win, it's not even close. It's a shutout. You know what I'm saying? It's not even close. You have overwhelming victory. You have overwhelming victory. Some of you need to say that out loud. I have overwhelming victory. You do. Because you have the power of God rushing through your veins right now. You have the thing, the key that's going to unlock anything that needs to be unlocked so you can step into freedom. God has that for you. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. You can have overwhelming victory tonight, right now. But it's going to require a breakup. It's going to require you taking a step and going, I'm done with this. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to take this step and I'm going to walk in freedom. And you can do that tonight. I promise you. Here's what the rest of that passage says. He says, I am convinced. I love this right here. I'm convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love. Doesn't matter what you've done. 
that did not separate you from God's love. It says, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing. Nothing you've done, nothing you're doing right now, it's not separating you. God wants to give you a chance right now. He wants to give you the opportunity to break up with whatever it is that you're attached to. It might be an addiction. It might be a past struggle. Whatever it is, he wants you to break up with it tonight. But here's the last thing. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it'll never happen. You might be better in an area, but you're still going to have this thing in your heart that's not satisfied. It'll feel like you're in a hamster wheel. You're doing a lot of running, but you're not doing any movement. And here's the deal. God never designed you to stay where you are. He wants you to take that step, a real step. And when you can do that, there's purpose on the other side of that. There's your calling on the other side of that. There's freedom. on the, Think about that. You've been living in bondage to this thing for years. Imagine what it's going to be like when you're free. Think about that. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're never going to truly experience those things. So tonight, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. You might be sitting in your kitchen making lunch for your kids right now. And I'm telling you, it's something that's so average, you do it every day. If you just pause for a second, your life can change right now. Some of you are sitting at home. You have somehow stumbled upon this redheaded dude talking to you, yelling in this microphone. <laughs> and your life can change right now. It can. I'm not going to promise that your circumstance is going to magically go away when you're done praying this prayer. But I'm telling you, your hope can change and your future can change right now. And if you want to do that, if you want to invite Jesus into your heart, I want to invite you to say these words in your heart. Say, dear God, I need you. I know I'm not perfect. I've made countless mistakes, but I'm ready to give everything to you. Come into my life, and in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, y'all make some noise for the people that gave their life to Jesus today, the people that are stepping in to their future of freedom. So proud of you. And hey, here's the deal. Here's what we want everyone to be a part of. All right, it's fun to watch services. It's fun to do this on Facebook, but here's the deal. There's nothing like being with a group of people who can be in your corner that can cheer you on. And so what we want you to do this week, easy. This is the easy practical step here. Join a group with us today. All right, you can click the link in our description, the link in the comments right now, and you can join a group or go to oasistn.church and right on the front page, scroll down, you'll see join a group. Hit that button and join a group. We got groups for men, we got groups for women, we got groups for young adults, we got groups, uh, what, what am I missing? We got all kinds of groups. Anything that you want, we got. We got an online group. So if you're not even with us or you don't like being uh, you know, around people right now, man, we have an online group that we would love to have you join that. But I'm telling you, the best way to step into the more God has for you is to be around people who are doing it with you. But hey, join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. right here on Facebook, YouTube, and our website. And come hang out with us again. And uh, man, we cannot wait to see you. We cannot wait to see what God has for you. We love you, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>